Hi, welcome to lesson two in the self-coaching, the self-coaching lessons in the Life Atelier podcast. I'm Emma and I, I am your coach for the next 10 minutes or 15 realistically. So lesson two is about play and this idea of exploring, finding your thing and using the strengths that you already have. In the previous lesson, the very first lesson, we talked about this idea of building sanctuary so that you can create space to even start to check in with yourself about what you actually want. Most of us are on autopilot and I would even say worse than autopilot, we're kind of marching to somebody else's drum from the moment you first, even before, even before you go to school, your parents are probably picking out the best school for you. They're starting to have ideas about what you're going to do, what you're good at, you know, what family members have done and what your siblings have already become good at if you've got siblings that are older than you. So there's this immense amount of decisions being made about you and your life before you're even able to talk and to be part of the conversation. And that then rolls on into adulthood. So I think it's really good to create that space to just say, okay, where am I? (laughs) How did I get here? And do I want to keep going in this direction? If I do, where will it take me? And if I make a slightly different decision today, what course will that set? Where will I then be a couple of months from from here? And I'm recording this sitting in, um, (laughs) how can I describe it to you? I'm sitting in the upstairs bedroom of the French cottage that belonged to my grandparents in Normandy. My father-in-law from Argentina is outside hacking away at the garden and that's the result of lots of little teeny decisions over the last seven or eight years that have led me here and it's very interesting because you might feel like changing your life has to be one big dramatic decision oh we're moving to another country I'm leaving my job but really it's not like that it's lots of tiny decisions and you've always got the option to course correct to go back to where you were if you realize actually I was pretty happy and I just needed to change one or two things about my life. So yes that's what we're doing today. We've reclaimed a little space to think about what we're doing and who we are and where we want to be. We're starting to build that foundation for a foundation and now we're rediscovering how to play and how to explore what we want. So the first idea that I want you to kind of bring into your consciousness is this idea about choosing the right language for this. And that is just so vital because words have a lot of meaning to them, not just cultural meanings, but also you might have associations from a job or from an experience. When I first talked about this idea of finding your purpose in the Life Atelier, that word purpose was very, very loaded. And actually people didn't feel very excited about finding their purpose because it it almost felt like it was closing doors and and reducing options. Um, so, So that's fine, we just changed the word. And actually what we settled on was finding your thing. You know, what's your thing? There's a lightness to that. And there's something about, you know, you could be talking about Sorry, that's Rita sighing. She's under my laptop. We have a strange setup. 
<laughs> but finding your thing, it might be, um, I love renovating houses, you know? It might be, I really like listening to obscure jazz music that I have to dig out on vinyls. It doesn't have to be, I am on a one-woman mission to stop the climate crisis, okay? That's heavy and hard. <laughs> but you know what? Your passion for renovating cottages might lead to other people changing their way of life and it might make it more easy for them to make better decisions and down the line it can have a very big impact. So think about how the language you're using to talk about your life, to talk about creating fun, to talk about your work, how that feels. And if it feels heavy, it feels like it's not expansive and it's contracting, change it. The second idea is to start exploring what you're good at and what comes naturally to you. And this might be difficult. So if you're from a culture like mine, the British culture, we are not very good at saying what we're good at. We really struggle with that because if you say, you know, we get quite envious, I think, of Americans. Americans say, well, I'm amazing. I am amazing at selling. Okay, or I make the best cake. Oh, we don't do that. There's almost like you're waiting for someone to punch you if you say it verbally or literally. And, and so that is quite challenging for us. So if you are from a similar culture, similar background, or you're an American who doesn't naturally find that easy, which is fair enough, start by asking your friends and family, what am I good at? You know, what do you notice about me that I can do that other people can't do? And you will be surprised, I promise you, no matter how much work you've done on yourself, you know, inner work, journaling, you are good at some things that you don't know you're good at. So it's really worth having those conversations with people. And I've talked about this before, and particularly in the Life Atelier, quite often that I always thought that I was very disorganized and I thought I was lazy. And when I did this exercise and I asked my friends and family, you know, what are my strengths? All of them came back with, you're super strategic, you're hardworking. And then when I started to own that and I realized, ah, I can use this, it was really, really life-changing. It really, really was. But me on my own would never have come to that conclusion. So do have these conversations. So let's think about once we know what you're good at and you're just kind of exploring that, what can you do with that? So if I think of a few things that I'm good at, let's say I'm good at sifting through information. I'm good at talking to people, but also I don't feel obligated to them. I like being in the countryside. I feel energized by nature. How can I use those things to, to build a life that I love? Well, actually, coaching and creating self-study material and being at my most energized so that I'm available, not just for me, but for my coaching clients, is pretty much the lifestyle that I've created. So I haven't started by thinking, yes, I'm going to be a life coach who lives in the countryside in France. No, not at all. But I have started to notice, okay, these are things I'm good at. How can I do more of the things I'm good at? And how can I do less of the things I'm not good at? And that starts to move me and it will move you in the direction of a life where you are feeling excited and you're feeling this kind of flow to everything that you're doing. So again, don't feel you need all the answers. You can just, it's enough to start thinking, okay, I want more of this, I want less of this, and I want this to stay the same. And that way you're building these, these building blocks to use. 
Now the third idea, and I think the most important idea, this is, this is an idea that I got really excited about. There is a quote by Ira Glass called The Gap, and I'll put a link to the video um, under this. The Gap is, he's basically saying that if you're a creative, you have excellent taste, you know what you want to create, but the things that you're creating are not very good. Okay, and the thing you need to do is create more and more and more. And the more you do that, the better you get. And the difference between the people who become very good and the people who don't are that the people who become very good, they do it. They practice, they work every day. So I love that idea of the gap because I was able to apply it to where I wasn't managing to be vegan, okay? I couldn't understand it. I really want to follow a vegan diet. It sticks, you know, I feel passionately about it. I love animals, but I kept failing and I kept slipping up and doing different things. Um, <laughs> by doing different things, eating cheese. <laughs> okay, so, so instead of thinking, well, I'm failing, I'm failing at being a vegan, I'm not vegan. I started to think about, okay, well, actually, what's the difference between me and a vegan? Where are my gaps? And I realized the gaps were really butter. So I just needed to replace butter with a vegan alternative that I liked. Parmesan, because that was my emergency for pasta. And eggs, particularly mayonnaise. I have a mayonnaise problem. So I didn't need to think about 100 things to become a vegan. I just needed to replace these four food options and make sure that I was prepared. And when I started to think about it in that way, okay, well, it's just four things. I don't need to find hundreds of vegan recipes. I, I'm already cooking a plant-based diet. I just need to look for a good vegan butter, and then I can just continue life as normal. It's the same thing. Whatever you want to do, there's a gap. You're not starting from scratch. You're where you are now, which is maybe 5%, 10%, 60%, 70% of the person you need to be to have the life that you want to have, to embody the identity of the person you want to be. So we need to identify the gap. What are the things that you need to change, do or learn to fill in that gap between where you are now and where you want to be? So that's your homework. That's your homework this week, is to calculate, well, not your homework, your self-coaching, your self-coaching task. Calculate your gap. So think about where do you want to be and where are you now? What assets do you already have that mean you're not completely starting from zero, right? So if I give you a little example of, of me, my big lofty goal is I would love to make the life atelier into a very big school eventually. I would like to be impacting, you know, hundreds, thousands of people in the future. Okay, so where am I? Well, I've got my life coaching certificate. I've run my first program and I have some happy clients. Okay, I'm not, I'm not where I was a few months ago where I didn't know if anyone needed this. I didn't know if anyone wanted to be coached by me. I've got those things. So where do I need to go? Well, I need more clients. <laughs> And I need to embody what I'm teaching. So how do I fill in that gap? Uh, sleep. I need to get enough sleep so that I'm on top of myself. I need to practice what I preach, which means journaling daily, 
practicing self-coaching, using the self-coaching model. Another thing for me is I need to avoid alcohol because when I drink, I get tired and then I'm not on top of my health as well. And Christmas is coming. So that's something I need to be conscious of. So how do I do that? Well, I've got health books that really help me. And when I read them, they make it more easy for me to practice what I preach. And in other things to fill in the gap, there isn't a lot I need to do. I've already simplified my marketing. I've already simplified how I'm doing my business. So actually the gap isn't that big. A year ago, that gap was much, much bigger, but now the gap is much smaller. So grab a paper and pen, or if you're on the go, just open notes on your phone and just make a note of, okay, where do you want to be? Where are you now? And where is that gap? What do you need to do to fill in that gap? Okay, and if you need a hand, if you want more support, The Life Atelier is open. And you can also message me on Instagram or you can email me and tell me where you are and what you need help with and I might be able to help you.